The Lord is good. Good to see the smiling faces that have decided to come. Glory to God. You know, we, we, um, we heard from our governor this week, and uh, he put a big, he hit the pause button, is what he said, on release and pulled some stuff back, like she said, I think with the bars and maybe some other I don't know, I can't remember what it was. Um, but churches were all good. You know, keep coming. You notice we're sitting apart from each other and doing what we're supposed to do, and that's all good. But, um, but, I, but just as, as we get started, before I get into my message today, <clears throat> I heard something this week about this church. And I'm going to tell you what I heard from God. And God said about this place that it is a precious place. This church, this congregation of people is a precious place. And the reason why is, I'm not saying that other places aren't precious. Okay, I'm just saying what I heard God say about this place. This is a precious place because... We believe everything we're doing. We believe in it. We're not going through the motion. We're not, we're not going through the Christian motion. You know, the church motion. We're not, we're not doing something because it seems like that's what we should do. We believe in what we're doing, and this is a precious place. Everybody say precious. I want you to think that through. And God gave me this, and uh, I pray that you can receive this. Along with that, this being a precious place. In Philippians 4, 8, and 9, it says this. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. How could the Apostle Paul say that? Because he believed what he was teaching. I'm telling you that today, that you have a pastor that believes in what he's teaching. I believe that I hear from God in what I share. I believe that because of that, if you'll do what I'm telling you to do, what I've been sharing with you in the last three or four weeks here in what, I, what, what I've given you concerning authority, the fact that Jesus is alive and understanding the authority that he's given you. Now hear me when I say this. I'm not a big person about time. I'm not a big one on time, on focusing on time. Like Fabian said earlier, that was a good word. And what he said earlier, 
they're really, we should see things and see things manifested in our lives in a quick, over a quick period of time. But what hinders us is us. It's, it's that we don't believe. I'm telling you today, if you will believe the things that you're hearing me teach, the God of peace will be with you. And the things you started this year believing God for, you will see this year. I, I'm confident that I can say that to you, not from emotion, but from believing His Word. I'll say it again. If you're taking what I'm telling you about the authority that God has given you, and you're believing it, you're developing that belief system, and you're doing something with it, you're going to receive the things that you believed God for from the beginning of this year. Because why? Because we've reset. In this body, we have reset. I mean, you haven't seen nothing yet. Starting this month, you're going to see all kinds of new things. There's going to be resetting in the form of, of adding new things. There's going to be resetting in the form of taking away things that we have. Because when you reset, like I gave you in the beginning, it's to set again or differently. To reset. Something that stopped is reset, and many times it's reset in better condition to accomplish the desired results. Well, that's what's happened. We've reset, and we will accomplish the desired results, and it's going to be a little differently than we thought it was when we started the year. God's working, God's moving, and my encouragement to you is you stay ready, stay open, stay prepared, stay a part of what God is doing, and do what we're teaching you and telling you to do, because it's not me, it's God. Today I'm going to finish my series that I've done since we had our first Sunday. So that's what, three? Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, titled, He's Alive. And I've been talking about this authority that He gave us. Jesus died. He rose. He sat down at the right hand of the Father in all power, dominion, and authority, and He gave it to us. And today, I want to just go through a number of scriptures, some that we've gone over, um, and then a couple, of, a couple of new ones, and I want to look at this concerning this authority. I just cannot get away from it. It's vital that we know what we've been given so that we can do something with it. You cannot make a difference in life. I'll say it again. You cannot make a difference in life without the authority that God pre-programmed to operate inside of you before you were. So He created you, and He created you with a plan, but you can't accomplish the plan without His authority. You're wasting your time. I'm just telling you, you're wasting your time. Stop trying to make stuff happen. Get it from Him. If you're doing that. So, today I want to look at that authority in a little bit different. Or in a little deeper way. So I want to read Luke 10 and verse 19. 
that we've talked about. <clears throat> we know that Jesus gave his disciples authority. He gave a number of them authority to deal with demon spirits is what he gave them authority for. And he said in, in Luke 10 and verse 19, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So, I want to focus on something in that verse just for a second. What could hurt you? What from the enemy could hurt you? Just think about that for, for a second. What from the enemy could hurt you? Keep thinking, keep thinking. What from the enemy could hurt you? Keep that thought. I want to read this. I want to read the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry in Luke chapter 4 and verse 1. I'm going to start there. I'm going to read about 15 verses. And I want you to just follow with me in this story. Verse 1. Then Jesus being filled, remember, we're asking ourselves the question, what from the enemy can hurt us because Jesus said nothing would by any means hurt or harm you so what from the enemy can hurt you here's Jesus at the beginning of his earthly ministry funny we find him with the devil then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit this is after his after John baptizing him in water coming up out of the water. Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. Man, I don't know about you, but there could be some irritation there. Tempted 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. What could have hurt Jesus right there? Just think about that for a moment. I ask you the question, what from the enemy can hurt you or harm you? What could have harmed and hurt Jesus right there? Well, nothing. He's the Son of God. No, 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 no. No, you're not understanding the authority. He was given that authority. He spent 30 years training to operate in that authority. He had to receive it just like you and I received it. And he had to deal with the same issues that you and I would deal with. What could have hurt him from the enemy in that situation right there? Okay, just think about it. We'll come back. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, 
showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment's time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me. And that's true. It had been delivered to him when Adam gave it to him 4,000 years earlier. Adam gave it to him and it had been delivered to him, all this authority. And he said, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will give worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written... You shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall, you, you shall serve. What could have hurt Jesus in that situation right there? What could have hurt and damaged everything that He was trying to accomplish in that situation right there, in that temptation? We'll come back to that. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, where, where did the devil hear that? Just a couple of days earlier. I, I mean, no, just about 42 days earlier. When the father said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. When he heard that, he came after him with a vengeance. Hassling him for 40 days, antagonizing him for 40 days, trying to wear him out for 40 days. Then he's hungry, then tempting him with food. Then tempting him with all kinds of things. I mean, he was... He was he was, a, he was all God, but he was all man. He was tired. Listen to me. Jesus was worn out. And these things come. What did he say? If you are the Son of God. What could have hurt him right here? If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, you shall, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in in. In their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Is that scripture? The devil knows scripture better than probably 95% of the Christians. Maybe 98. I'm going to say it again. The devil knows scripture. What could have hurt him right here? We'll get back to it. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, and we can see clearly he was unsuccessful, he departed from him until an opportune time. Hmm. So he hit him one direction, and he said, Well, I got some other things up my sleeve. I'm going to hit him from another direction. And if that didn't work, then we'll come and hit him from another direction. I got some other things up my sleeve over here. 
He never quits. I'm going to tell you this today. The devil never stops. 24-7, he never stops coming after you and I. Jesus said, I give you authority over all demon spirits, over the devil, over all his supposed power and authority, and nothing will hurt you or harm you. What could have hurt Jesus and harmed Jesus in these situations right here? Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. In the power, in the authority that had been given to him by the Father. And news of him went out throughout all the surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogues being glorified by all. First John 3.8 says this, and then we're coming back to answer these questions. First John 3.8 in the Amplified says this. But he who commits sin, who practices evil doing, is the devil. It, uh, is of the devil. Takes his character from the evil one. For the devil has sinned, violated the divine law from the beginning. The, the reason the Son of God was manifest, visible, was to undo. Everybody say undo. Say it again was to undo, to destroy, to loosen, and dissolve the works the devil has done. And the works the devil has done is by the authority that Adam gave him, then and now. The works the devil has done in humanity for over 6,000 years is what the devil got from Adam in the garden to this day. Now, in Luke chapter 4, <clears throat> we have this gorgeous picture of what Jesus, not Jesus the Son of God in this situation, Jesus the Son of Man, the perfect example for you and I to follow after. In this passage, he's given us the empowerment to know how to operate in the earth. The devil tempts him with, the first time, if you are the Son of God, what could have hurt the enemy? What could have hurt Jesus from the enemy in that situation right there? Jesus being the Son of Man. Him taking that seed of doubt and letting it set in with questions. I know man should live by bread alone, but my gosh, what is, it, what is he saying to me here? You know, could this, could this be, could I, could I have been lied to? Could I have could I've not understood exactly what God was telling me to do? Could this be something? So, in other words, what could have destroyed him, what could have hurt him or harmed him, is giving in to the doubt seed that the enemy was planting in his mind. Most people think 
that the doubts that they have in their mind are of themselves. Well, you know, I'm just, I'm just a doubter. I was born that way. My, my parents were that way, and, you know, most people in my family are doubters, and I'm just a doubter. Well, the truth is, doubts come from thoughts. And the only power and authority that the devil has today is to convince you that he still has the authority he got from Adam and that everything that he tells you that is based on usually how things appear to be are more real than what God has promised. That's why you and I have to know what the Word of God says because we were created to resist and rebuke evil spirits by doing what? What Jesus did. What did Jesus do? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. What did that do? Shut him down. Notice, devil didn't say another thing. Why? Because what the devil received from Jesus was not just the word of God because he was the son of God. It was the revealed word inside of him that he believed more than him believing how hungry he was. Giving in to this manipulation and these lies from the enemy. He chose not to do that and he rebuked him with a word. He rebuked the enemy with a word. And where did, that, where did that potentially have the ability to harm Jesus? And where does it potentially have the ability to hurt you and I? Is by giving in to those negative thoughts. Those thoughts of doubt. Well, maybe God can't do this. No, if God said he can do it, then he can do it. Did you hear what I said? I said if God said he can do it, done. Whether you believe it or not today, if God said he can do it, then he's already done it. We have to learn how to receive what he said is ours. The next thing that could have hurt Jesus, when the enemy said, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. And you know what? Jesus knew that was true, and that was a true statement. To, at, to that point right there, it was all true. But what was happening was, Jesus was right at the beginning of his earthly ministry, and it was for another little over three years that his ministry went on. But right here at the beginning of his ministry, the destruction of the enemy had started. And Jesus was able to rebuke him because Jesus now began to, began to realize why he was there, and what his purpose and plan was to take back the authority that Adam literally stole and lied his way into receiving from, from uh, that the enemy stole from Adam, and, and the enemy lied his way into get, getting that authority over all the earth. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness, but he's given the authority to the sons of men. And now, the devil's trying to convince humanity that he still has what he got from Adam 6,000 years ago. And I'm telling you today, he doesn't. Amen? You know who has it? I do. You do. We do. 
All of humanity potentially has it. It's in our DNA. We were created to walk in authority and dominion and nothing would hurt us or harm us in any way, shape, or form. That's the way God created us. It's already programmed inside of it. It's not something that you have to, you know, work overtime to try to to get and figure out. Learn it just like you would learn anything else. I was out of town a while back, and somebody asked me, said, I heard you know how to play golf. And I said, well, yeah, I played a little bit. And they said, do you know how to teach it or how to give a lesson? And I said, yeah. So, well, my daughter really likes it, the little girl. And he said, I'd love for you to do that. And he said, I really need one bad, because he said, in our town, we don't have anybody that teaches golf. And I said, yeah, sure, I'll teach you how to play. You know, how can I teach golf? Because I've played it. Well, the same way that I would teach someone golf, it's the same way I'm going to teach someone how to become a doer of the word. How to believe what God says is more real than what they see or how they feel or the way things appear to be. That's where the enemy seems like he has the upper hand on humanity. What's going on in our nation? The things that that appear to be, listen to me, I'm telling you what, we're getting so busy around here, we're not going to know which way's left or right. We'll do everything we're asked to do, but we're getting busy. We're not letting lies of the enemy and all kinds of other things get stirred up to stop the, the moving forward of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is moving forward and nothing is stopping it. Did you hear what I said? We'll do everything legally that we're supposed to do, but we will not sit around and wait for things to just change. We have the authority in the earth. I'm telling you today, you're not praying for people in authority. You're not praying for this government, you know, from our local government to our state to the nation and literally the planet because all the governments around the planet affect this nation also. We can't just say, well, that's, that's another country. No, 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 no. We've got to take responsibility for the planet. Why? Because it's God's and he's given me authority over the whole planet. What can I do with that? I have to believe how powerful that my words are when I speak them every day and see things begin to change. You'll never see a harvest. If you don't do the preparation and do the groundwork and be faithful to that. Like Fabian was saying with the tithe. Same thing with the tithe. You're looking for a financial blessing, but you have no seed in the ground. How is it going to produce? No one's ever gotten a cucumber harvest with no seed. Well, did you plant your seed? No, but I'm believing. Hmm. Oh, I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing it's going to come to pass. I know it is because I'm speaking it. And man, I tilled the ground and, you know, I'm even watering the ground every day. But what about the seed? No, I'm just believing. No, it's not going to happen in anything. I don't care what it is. You're not going to get the harvest of seeing things good. When you read 1 Timothy 2 and verse 1 through 4, it says that he said, first of all, pray. And when we learn how to pray, first of all, from our heart, then what he said, where he said we would live, is in a quiet and a peaceful life in all godliness and holiness. And and, and a lot of people are just dreaming and longing for peace in their life. 
That's how you get it. You say, well, you, you, you want me to pray so I can have peace? No, if you start praying and you get a hold of the revelation of what prayer really produces, you'll have peace because you'll be wrapped up in it. It'll get you. You'll get the prayer bug. You'll pray because you want to, not because you have to. I promise you. And if you'll do what I've told you to do with that, in, in taking the Ephesians 1 and 3 prayers and the Colossians 1 prayer, you'll take that and do something with it. The more you do, you'll see the results of that. And you'll see your prayer life expound. It's not just taking that model and, and just only doing that, but what it, it, what it evolves into is the key. That's how authority operates. Some people think that to be confident is to be prideful. If you're being prideful, you've got to deal with the pride, but confidence and pride are, are as, about as far away from each other as the east is from the west. And God wants you and I to be confident people. The Bible says, cast not away your confidence, for it has great recompense of reward for when you do the will of God, when you begin to see what to do, you'll receive the things that are promised to you. God is so faithful to that. Is absolutely faithful. The other thing that could have hurt Jesus is getting him to doubt again in this situation over the authority that he was supposedly giving him over everything else. And then he said to throw yourself down from here for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. The devil knows scripture. And I promise you, I've declared that scripture. I, I, I don't remember when I didn't speak that scripture every day of my life. Thanking God for the angels protecting us. I know they do. You, you, you know the only thing that I have to know in a given situation? If I'm going to go somewhere, are, are, are the angels protecting me? They are unless I choose to go when God told me not to. And that's this kind of situation right here. Well, I'm just going to go. It'll all be taken care of. The angels will take care of me. Not if God said different. And we have to work those kind of things out. Yeah, we know what the promises say, but then we have to know how to hear the voice of God. And that's what Jesus was doing here. He heard from God. He spoke the word. He resisted the devil. The devil had to flee. Actually, in terror, look for another opportunity. Man, that didn't work. We've got to come at him in another way. I'm just telling you today, when something doesn't work against you one way, he'll come against you different ways. But man, we have a promise in the word that enemy come against you one way, he'll flee before you seven ways. <laughs> he thinks he has the upper hand, not when I know who I am in God and not when I'm operating in the authority that God gave me that he had for 4,000 years and now he's been stripped of it. He's been, it's been undone, Right? It's been dissolved. It's been spoiled. There is no more authority with him. It's only what we through ignorance or the lack of passion to do and be obedient to God's word allows him to have a place. That's it. I'm saying that's it. Nothing will by any means hurt or harm you. Why? Because you choose to take what is rightfully yours. And this authority is yours and mine. Can you say amen? Ephesians 6 and verse 10. 
Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. But we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. I'm reminding you again today in this message, people are not your problem. I'm going to say it again. People are not your problem. The devil is the issue. He's the problem. But we can shut that down when we believe God. The enemy has no place in your life. He can't touch you or harm you or affect you in any way if you give him no place. Jesus at the end of his life said, the devil has nothing in me. He has nothing on me. Why? Because he did what God said the whole entire time. And when you and I do what God says, then the devil has nothing on us. And as we resist him, he has to flee. Then what, what is the benefit? Just for me? No. The benefit is for now I can resist the enemy for other people, and it works. Because when I know it works for me, it'll work for anybody that I resist him for. You think, well, yeah, but people still have their choices. They do. But how, how far will you take something? I'm telling you, I'm going to take it as far as God says I can take it. I'm going to stand in the gap for other people, believe for humanity to be saved, healed and delivered and set free as far as I can take it in any person's life. I'm not going to sit around and find excuses why I'm not going to do something for someone else. I'm looking for reasons why to be a blessing in any and every way that I can. God created you and I to be blessed, to be empowered, to operate in authority so that we can be the blessing for the good of humanity. He didn't create you for anything else. And in the midst of that, you know, you find your way and you find your purpose and your destiny and you find your vocation and you find the things that you're supposed to do. But at the end of the day, it's all about having God's blessing, anointing His authority on your life and you operating in that in the earth. That's why you and I were here. For no other reason. No other reason than for that first and foremost. Then everything else takes its place and shape. Because what does it matter? We figured this out, we're doing this, we appear to be successful, we appear to have all these things, but yet there's no authority. Sooner or later, he'll overwhelm you like he tried to do with Jesus. Man, when he heard those words from the Father, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well and pleased, I mean, he went after him to wear him out. And he didn't succeed. No matter how many times you felt like, you know what, it seems like if it's not one thing or another and the enemy's after you about specific things, all he's trying to do is just convince you you don't have what you already have. That's it. Nothing else. He didn't, he didn't really care whether you go to heaven or hell. He really doesn't care whether you're sick or healed. Really. All he wants you is in fear and discouraged and frustrated in life because you don't see things happen when they should happen. That's where he wants you. And if he can keep you in that place where he tried to get Jesus, and Jesus gave him no place, then that means you and I can give the devil no place. And actually in Ephesians it says, give him no place. Can you say amen to that? Amen and amen. <clears throat> so I'm going to read this passage, and then these three passages, because this is, 
directed squarely at you as an individual. Everybody say, I'm going to get this. Everybody say, I'm getting this. Okay, you're going to get a hold of this today. Acts 10 and verse 34. He said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power. I'm reading this out of the Amplified. I don't know, did you have that up there? Acts 10 and verse 34. In the Amplified, yeah. I'm going to read that again. How God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power. And verse 36, how he went about doing good and in particular, wait, 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 wait. back up. I'm in the wrong, wrong verse. Back up to verse 34. That's why it wasn't up there. I confused him. <clears throat> because you have to hear this in, in its entirety. This is three verses, and I'm skipping the verse in between them. Two different verses I'm skipping. So this is verse 34. And Peter opened his mouth and said, Most certainly and thoroughly I now perceive and understand that God shows no partiality and is no respecter of persons. So what I'm fixing to read is what he did for Jesus. Jesus did everything that he did as the will of the Father. He did everything he did to empower you and I. So he's no respecter of person. So everybody in here sitting in here today is a candidate. Everybody say, I'm a candidate. I'm catching this. Okay, you're going to catch this. Verse 36. You know the contents of the message which he sent to Israel announcing the good news, the gospel of peace by Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. That was the message through Jesus. And then verse 38 is the message. How God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power. With strength and ability and power. Not just with the authority to do it, but the ability to do it. With the strength to be able to do it. The 40 days of temptation, and then the temptations on the heels of the 40 days, if he, would, if he wasn't worn out then, he could handle anything. Until he got to the garden. He could handle anything. I'm telling you, there are some things that you and I have to get through, but we don't have to get through them on our own ability. We get through them with His strength and ability. With strength and ability and power, how He went about doing good in particular, curing all who were harassed. Everybody say harassed. I like that word because that's what I believe the devil did with Jesus in what we read in, in Luke 4. He harassed him to no end. Constantly. Anybody ever felt harassed? Anybody tonight, today, whatever day it is, anybody today ever felt harassed? 
curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil. Why? Because God is with him. I'm telling you today, you're that candidate because God is with you. If you're born again, God is with you. And you're that candidate to be liberated and free from anything that the power of the enemy could do against your life and empowering you to help other people be set free from that same kind of that same type of harassment and constant barrage of negative thoughts and things coming against your mind. That's where the enemy beats people, is in their thought life. And I promise you, the negative thoughts you have did not come from God. They came from the enemy. Maybe it's a result of things that were a part of your life for years and years, but whatever, know where they've come from. And when you know what you're hearing and you know it's not from God, what did Jesus do? Huh? Did, did, did he read half the Bible at the devil? No, just gave him a word. Man shall not live by bread alone. You'll not tempt the Lord your God. I know that scripture is true. The angels do. I mean, Jesus is kind of saying this. The angels do encamp around about me. They do protect me. But you'll not tempt the Lord your God. He resisted him with the word. He didn't just yell, I resist you. He resisted him with what God said is true. That's why we have to know it. And when we give the devil no place, we find our place. Remember, like I said to you, out of, out of uh, James 4, 7, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. When you give God his rightful place in your life, then you step in to that anointing to have your rightful place over the enemy. We can't be, we can't keep the mentality. Listen to me, if you've ever said this, or you've ever thought this, or you're thinking this today, it has to change. If you're waiting on God, you're waiting for the wrong person. If you're waiting on God to do something, if you're waiting on God to know His will, that's one thing. But if you're waiting on God to fix your issue or problem in life, He's already fixed it. We, our part is we have to learn how to receive what He's done and operate in the authority that God gave us. It would be easy, if I was just up here giving you my opinion about something like this, it would be easy to contradict it. But you can't go against the words that I've given you today. It's absolutely true. The, the great thing is, you can do it. The great thing is, all this is doable because it's already done for us. And he created us to operate like this. You just have to hear it enough. That's why you have a pastor that repeats himself over and over and over and over again. Because you need to hear it. You need to hear it. Tell you what. This is a precious place because what I'm sharing with you today, I believe this. My wife and I, Becky and I, we believe this. We talk it all the time. We pray it all the time. We walk in it all the time. We're not perfect. We don't do everything perfect. I'm just saying. We believe this. We know it's true. And because it's true, it will accomplish great things in your and my life today. Can you say amen? Amen. <clears throat> So, I'll just
just say it like this. The harassment that Jesus experienced was a result of the fact that he spent 30 years learning how to submit to the will of the Father. That's what the harassment was from. He was harassed because of the Word. The fact that he believed the Word, he was harassed, but the fact that the harassment came meant he had something that he could do something with. The only thing that would have hurt Jesus is if he had not done what the Father told him to do. And all through his earthly ministry, he was harassed constantly, constantly harassed. But he did the will of the Father. He, said, he, he told people time and time and time again, I only came here to do the will of my Father. So when the rubber met the road, and he stepped into the garden, and he began to experience something that he hadn't experienced to this point, He began to sweat drops, literal drops of blood from his forehead because he began to experience what he was going to have to do for mankind. Oh God, help me, I'm I'm feeling this thing set in, this this doubt, this this stuff that he had experienced like in in the 40 days. I mean, you would have thought if he'd have got through the 40 days, And then the temptations on the heels of that, he made it past that. After all that harassment and being wore out by the enemy, you'd think there's nothing now in life that's going to be that bad. (laughs) That was just a scratch. That was just the beginning. When he stepped into the garden, Father, help me. Uh, If there's any other way. In other words, What he wanted was to be able to escape. His physical nature wanted to escape from what he was going to have to do. But he said, what? He submitted to the will of the Father. Why? Because he had practiced it all of his life. And I tell you what, what, um, who's the creator of the Passion of the Christ? Mel Gibson. What Mel Gibson chose to do in the Passion of the Christ, when Jesus rose up off the ground and he put his foot on that snake's neck, man, that that is the most important part of that movie to me. Because what he did, Lord, if there be any other way, but not my will, yours be done. And the moment he said that, see, all the things I'm telling you about today, The reason everything about Jesus was so precious is because he believed what he was doing. He wasn't just going through the motions. He believed it. And when he put his foot on that snake's neck, he was saying, the will of the Father will be done. Lord, whatever, let it be done to me. And it was. The torture to a human being like no other human being's ever been tortured. Passion of the Christ doesn't even do justice to what happened to him. He was mutilated, Isaiah 53 says, he was mutilated, one translation said, he was mutilated beyond recognition. 
chose that. To give us what I'm talking about today, he chose that. We don't, we're, we're, we're not, we are not submitted and have to be submitted to anything ungodly at all in life. We have the power to resist whatever comes. Didn't say it, it's not going to come. But when it comes, we've got the power. We have that authority because of what he did in that one instance. Not my will, but yours be done. Remember, he had practiced it for 30 years. Thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you today, you know, I, I, this is so deep in me. I'm telling you today, if you will do, if you'll take what I've said in these messages, in, in, in these last three messages on Sunday and what we've been sharing on Wednesdays, if you will take this and you will work it out for yourself and apply it in your own life, I'm telling you, the things you had desires for at the beginning of this year that you've not seen come to pass, they're coming to pass this year. If you'll do what God's telling you to do and take what is rightfully yours to take in this earth, in Him, in Jesus' name. Amen.